And away we go. It is the BCJ podcast, as always, brought to you by our good friends at the Holy Grail. Baseball season is almost upon us. Get yourself down to the Grail. I mean, you don't have to necessarily go to the game, but uh, <laughs> get yourself down there. Stop by the Grail. Get yourself some great food, some great drinks, and support the folks that support us because it's the right thing to do, and it would be greatly appreciated by all involved. Hi, Dave. Hello. How you doing? I'm good. How are you doing today? I'm good. Kelly went for a little little walk today, which given recent events is, uh, it it makes you smile. So as long as she's smiling, I'm smiling. And I love that she went for a little up and back and then she sat down in her chair and she said, can I do it again? All right, let's do it again. Let's go. (laughs) And then she was exhausted for the rest of the day. (laughs) Before we all float away tomorrow, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's on, hopefully by tomorrow, she'll be back out of ICU and on the 14th floor at Good Sam. Uh, I feel pretty confident the water, the 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 flood is not going to get to seven. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not going to get to 14. That's right. It gets to 14. There's other there's other issues. <laughs> did Did you know what I found out last night, Dave? Uh, no. That if you if you if you double click the comments button, yeah. you don't see the comments. And I, I did the live nightcap last night, and I didn't see 250 comments. Oh, mine is, a, mine is a single click. If I double click it, it just stays there. Oh, okay, well, single click, yeah. Oh, so you had yeah. no idea that there were people, like you didn't notice that there weren't any comments? No, no, I did it on purpose. Oh, there you go. That was probably smart. So that I didn't argue with people saying stupid stuff. I'm I'm turning over a new leaf, Dave. I'm arguing less with people that say stupid stuff. Am I, am I finally I finally rubbed off on you after how many years of us working together? I mean, it's not a rubbing off thing. I just I have a problem with people that say stupid stuff. I, I it irritates me and I have to respond. But no, you, I no. didn't. Hey, that's what I mean. Like, have you not paid any attention to how I run the Bearcat Journal? Twitter page? That's like, why people no, like that account a lot more than mine. You don't have to respond. That's the best part. <laughs> so, yeah, I didn't argue with one person on Twitter last night. I didn't argue with a single person in our hour-long live show. And I went to bed feeling much better. Yeah, see? So maybe it I've should, turned over a new leaf. It should be about your well-being. <laughs> The problem is for a lot, like I, I it, it, it's fun for me to mess with people, but I guess other people don't get the, the humor. It can people be fun, but, but then, you know, then sometimes it, it just drags on for, you know. Yeah, for entirely too long. A bit too long. Yeah. What's a shocker, <laughs> Lambig, that I like arguing with people? <laughs> it is what it is. It for is sure. what it is. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, let's get to it. I think we've. Uh, how, how was your day? How, how, how's life for the, the Simone family right now? Are you good? Uh, yes, I had a I had a fine day. You know, working, doing all of those fun things. Getting, you know, getting ready to go uh, 
getting ready to cheer on the the Vols in a little while. So I'm I'm glad they're the late game and we are starting a little bit earlier. So you would have had a serious dilemma if they were the early game. Yeah, it would have been like uh, we're not doing the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Can we do it Wednesday? I, I initially I was trying to look out for you. I thought we would do we'd do pregame yesterday. Yeah, that was too too early for me. But got too much still going on at that point. Hi, Tiger. Did somebody tell you a storm was coming and you're trying to crawl up? No, it's, uh, we'll see how the, how the Vols do because it would be very Vol-like to beat Duke, have the one seed defeated, and then lose you know, to Florida Atlantic. Gag all over yourself and lose to FAU. I saw the uh, – <laughs> Joe Lenardi's already doing his 2024 bracket. Oh, because we need that. And he had Florida Atlantic as a four seed. Oh, wow. Because he, yeah. he thinks all their good players aren't going to transfer? Clearly. I hope <laughs> they have, don't. Did he have the Bearcats in the field? Uh, I did not see. I just saw. I think he had top four seeds and then the first four out. Uh, okay. uh, that's all I saw. Makes sense, you know, with like almost a thousand players moving this from now until the beginning of next season. Right. Definitely figure out who the, the best teams are going to be. You know, a la, Kansas, yeah. a la Kansas State, you know, pick dead last 10 new players and in the Sweet 16. So, yeah. UConn starting to put on put it on Arkansas a little bit. Danny's got will, a ball in, man. I will get into, uh, I'm sure at some point, my, that Kansas State reference will come back in uh, into play here. It will. <laughs> 74-68, Utah Valley knocked off Cincinnati. Uh, recruiting stuff is generally going to be handled on Bearcat Journal. We're, we're not we're into that point of the year where we're not going to be doing a whole lot of recruiting talk uh, on the free on the free network. We're going to keep most of that on the website. Um, look, I, have you ever have you ever in a college game seen two players take fifty shots? I don't know that I have. Well, I that's, don't remember. That, that is my lead note. Uh, 16 for 49. Yeah. 42 points. It took 49 shots to get the 42. Well, obviously they had free throws and other things, but like 49 shots to get the 42 points. 32 and a half percent, basically. It was, a, it was a, and I don't know what you guys discussed last night. To me, it was just a, so many elements of it was a very odd game. It felt uh, it felt very frenetic, very erratic, uh, like very disjointed. Obviously, you have a seven-minute span where you don't make a basket. Uh, you, like we just talked about, <laughs> your... <laughs> Natalie says, I've been at a college bar where I saw two guys take 50 shots. Uh, did it, how was their ride to the hospital? Yeah, to have their stomach pumped. <laughs> for sure, for sure. I, I was not that one of those guys. I can, I can. Have you ever taken fifty Jello shots in one day? No, <laughs> that's a lot of Jello. <laughs> not so much the alcohol; it's just a lot of Jello. Yeah, exactly. It's a lot of Jello. Um, 
But like, no. I mean, they took so many shots and like not a lot of threes. I'll I'll get to that. No, they weren't um, chucking threes. But no, it just felt like I don't know. That, I, I mean, I know that. I know Utah Valley is one of the better, you know, like a top 30-ish Ken Palm defensive team, but I don't know. Did it feel like to you that there was just a lot of, a lot more of like this felt, especially with like Landers, like trying to body dudes in the mid range, like, and. But that was clearly a, a part of the game plan as they thought that, that he could use his height advantage because their guards were all 6'4". So he had, you know, a couple inches on the guy guarding him. Um, I think yeah, they but... wanted the, – the idea was to take them mid-post and and have his mid-range game take over, well, but he didn't make the shots. No, I mean, you had – and I'll, I'll shout out uh, Doug Smith, fan of the fan of the show, fan of – I like his Twitters. And he had some shot charts up. Virginia Tech and Hofstra, two-point shots – not in the paint. They missed seven in each game. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many they missed last night? 30? 17. Okay. But, like, that's an <laughs> obscene amount to shoot when yeah. you're a quote-unquote three-point shooting team. Yeah. And it just it just felt, like, just so weird to me watching the game. Like, you, you look at some of these numbers – Seven-minute scoring drought. You get eight. You miss a ton of shots, but you get eighteen offensive I rebounds. You only have eight turnovers. You're outscored by eleven at the lot. Like if I told you, Landers and Dave score forty-two, but they need forty-nine shots to do it, and JD and Mike go one for eleven, and you they get lose out- by twenty, and you get outscored by eleven at the line. How many? How many points you think you're losing by? Twenty. Right. On the road, hostile environment. 20. And on top of that, I thought the defense stunk. It was okay in stretches. It was really bad in stretches. Like I'm, they haven't been backdoored and lobbed on, and just like late on rotations and lazy getting back. That, that that's like first first two weeks of November shit. At times that we saw last at times, week. yeah, it was so weird because normally they're either really good or really bad. Like there hasn't been much. Like middle ground, and in this game, they were both because there were stretches where they were very good defensively, and then there were stretches that it like looked like they were on spring break. Yeah, it felt like several times out of timeouts, just what they were just not like in tune to what was going on. Um, you know, you had in the second half. They got to six fouls with like eleven minutes to go, and I'm thinking, and okay, like one more like foul the rest of the way. The last, the next time they shot free throws was the technical, with yeah. like five seconds left in the game. And I'm like, okay, here's a way that you can kind of slow them down, grind this thing down a little bit. You clearly want to take advantage of some size mismatches of of not just firing away from three like we're clearly taking more two-point jump shots than we have recently and you just don't get to the line you don't get one more foul on them in 11 minutes the officiating was was not right, great I'm, I'm saying it, you didn't do anything to initiate it yes there was there was calls like Vic got shoved oh. in the back and they call him for a trap like yes there were calls but i'm like 
you didn't do anything to make them put them yeah, in that spot. I, I would say my problem with that, though, was it felt like once they got to six fouls that fast, the way the game was called changed. I don't disagree with that. Like, I, I don't know what you're supposed to do in that situation when what you're doing is working, you're stacking fouls on them, and then all of a sudden, like, you're pump faking, guys are jumping right into you. Yeah, th- those same things that got called for fouls in the first nine minutes aren't fouls are, anymore. Are not, right, are not being called anymore. I agree with that. I mean, they were like definitely. That part's frustrating. 100%. Because you got to that by doing the same thing that you kept doing. They just decided to stop calling it. Yeah. No, I don't disagree with that at all. Um, but you, you know, that's also. Yeah, but like I'm saying, part of that is you, and you're not going to go out of your way because then that takes you out of what you're trying to do. You're just not like, you know, it's like the old adage of, well, this guy's got four fouls, so we're going to go at him every time. Well, that could end up costing you three or four possessions because if he doesn't foul and you just throw up some terrible shot. But I mean, I don't know. It was just like, like Vic is clearly not, he clearly didn't get back to the point you know, where he was pre-injury, you know, he, him, I, I like audibly laughed like more than I should have at him and Odie, like not even coming close to the rim from two feet on like two or on like almost back-to-back possessions. Yeah. Like I was just laughing. Like I was watching, you know, a Dave Chappelle stand up. I couldn't, I couldn't (laughs) control myself at that point. So, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to take advantage of some things and it, you know, but it, it, it just comes down to the fact of like, if your two best players are going to take 49 shots and only make 16, you're not winning. No. But that to me leads me to a, a point of that. You need to have those guys take 49 damn shots to be in a game like this. <laughs> That's the guys are going to have rough games. You would like it if they don't both have rough games at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I, to Lander's credit, he did hit five threes. He just couldn't get his mid-range going right, at all. But, that, but I'm just saying, like, you don't expect them both to to be like that right. at the same time. And the problem to me is that you needed them to <laughs> keep jacking shots because you – I mean, didn't you have basic, anybody else. Don't have do anybody it. else to go to. Right. So that yes, you can say like they were terrible shooting percentage wise, and I'd be like, yes, they were. But who? Who? Okay, knock ten shots off of that total. Where who, did they who go? Would you, who would you have rather given those other ten shots to? Dan. I mean, okay, but no, I'm just like I, I, that's I got I got Dan. That's all I got. I got Dan. <laughs> Right, so, so it's like the dam. Yeah, are they all driving to the basket? You know, it's like yes. Then, then I'd be in agreement. <laughs> but, he got to the rim. Now his man got to the rim a lot as well. His D was rough yesterday. That was that was in the second half where they're yeah. like, "Hey, zero's still on the floor. Everybody get out of the way." Is he still out there? Yeah, he's ready. I got it right here. This way. This way. But, I mean, you know, it's frustrating whenever you lose. I think, you know, I thought Utah Valley's 
And I don't know if these They're were good, just the, man. I don't know They're if these are just the stretches where we were bad defensively, but like their offense is plus one hundred in Ken Palm, and I just did not see an offense that that played to that type of a number. No, I didn't either. They looked top. And I watched a decent amount of their Colorado game too, and I did not see that type of an offense. Like well, they clearly were playing their best basketball at the end of the season. Clearly. Yes. Well, I can't I can't come and I've never seen them play one second of basketball until this I mean if, if they week. if if what they did this season warranted a, a, a one hundred level offense, they were playing their best basketball at the right. end of the season. Pl- playing whack teams. Yes. Like they found something that clicked down the stretch. Yeah. So, but you know, I knew it was going to be a rough, rough game when powder, you know, one hand cocked it back on us in the first, you know, five, 10 minutes of the game. Yeah. For you, for you old heads out there that have, have seen that movie. He's got bunnies from 19, from 1995. I don't know what, what's in the water in Utah, but the, the white boys out there, had flubber in their shoes or something. Well, yeah, the the big stiff guy had how many alley oop backdoor lobs did he get? <laughs> right. That was a killer. I mean, that guy Fuller. What he averaged? Fuller, go easy on the Pepsi. Averaged six points a game on the season, and uh, gets twelve on five of seven shooting and nine rebounds. <laughs> there, the other four guys are already good enough. You can't let him go off too. I just want to say that's three '90s movies references in the last like 90 seconds. Uh, Flubber is way older than the '90s, Aaron. The redo with Robin Williams. Just saying, it was a '90s movie. It was like a '50s movie. That's the one I was referring to. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. It's frustrating because they just, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't play well, but we're still almost always in a position where one run could have taken control of the game. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of been their MO in all of some, you know, and Utah Valley is better than some of these AAC teams, but it's like, it's been their MO all year. Like whether you play good enough to get a 16 point lead or you play good enough to get a seven-point lead with two minutes to go, or in this case, like you play bad enough, but you're right there, and it's left. It leaves you kind of scratching your head and wanting a little bit more. And and I I wouldn't, you know, what what two weeks ago you asked me about the NIT, and I said win two games, and I'll call that a success. And so I'm, I'm going to stick to that. I mean, I still would have, you know, given the fact that. You we're playing pretty good against Virginia Tech and Hofstra. Yeah. Just felt like, you know, well, this game this game just you know, like I said from the beginning, it just to me it felt a a departure off of, of kind of where they had been for about the last month minus the Houston game. But isn't this what it all comes down to? It's the in- inherent problem with the jump shooting team. Yeah, and we heard we heard for years and years and years. Shooters, go get shooters. Shooter, all I want is shooters. Mick doesn't Mick doesn't have any shooters. Hugs teams could never shoot. We got shoot, 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 shoot. 
get some shooters. Well, that's all fine and dandy until you don't have any slashers. Until you don't have anybody that can get to the rim and, and put a different kind of pressure on the defense. Like there has to be a mix. Well, that's the thing with, with shooters and with, with this roster, like it's great to have guys that can stand there and shoot, but you don't have the defense never has to collapse off of them if nobody can get into the paint and kick. Right. Like there's no held defense against this team. Not normally. I mean, it's it's defending the pass. Like you're not that's what you're defending against this team. You're defending the pass. Because even Dave, when he gets to the lane isn't a threat inside 10 feet. He's a, he's a threat with the floater. He's a threat with the step back, but he's never a threat to get all the way to the rim. Right. He's not going all the way. He's not going all the way. He's not going all the way and kind of like circling around and throwing it to the corner. And, you know, it's, yeah, it's, they're a jump shooting team, but with no one that can make the, the wing defenders really come off of their men. So when that happens, you're, you might, you might get it to Jeremiah on the wing for a set shot. How many contested jumpers, you know, and we can say that he just shouldn't take them, but like how many straight contested jumpers versus open looks is, is he getting, or is anybody getting a lot of contested jumpers? Yeah. I mean, most of the open jumpers last night were off of offensive rebounds. Where there's a yeah, that's usually that's usually how it is because yeah, guys are they're not in true guarding position, right? Everybody's reacting to the ball coming off the rim. So there's a bit of a scramble, and then you get the rebound and you can kick it to a, a guy stepping into a shot, which they missed a lot of those yesterday too. Yeah. Um. Uh oh. Uh oh. Kansas State's point guard hurt. Noel. Yep. Rolled his ankle, maybe? That's not good. It's good for my house. You got, oh, yeah, that's right. Your your wife's a a Michigan Stater. Mm -hmm. She's Sparty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sparty wins, Vol wins. Somebody's happy on Saturday night. (laughs) And somebody's mad. Better be me. (laughs) <laughs> Somebody's big man. Um, I don't know what what else you got. What else you want to hit on from this game? Anything? Not really. I mean, can we get that seven foot Fandango guy to transfer? <laughs> he was at Akron, and nobody knew anything about him last year. He's he was uh, he's he's springy, bouncy is how is how the kids <laughs> yeah. kids call it bouncy. <clears throat> It's very bouncy. Um, their little guard trying, with the their guard with the blonde thing. He got some bounce to him too. Woodbury, when he leaked out on that uh, oh, dunk, and he like yeah. one handed it, and then a two hand finish. It was yeah. I like. I, mean, I you know. I I didn't. I like the whole Utah Valley vibe though. I dig. I dug the arena. It's like a high school gym. It's like a six thousand seat high school gym. That's fine for them, though. I'm, no, I'm not saying it's bad. That's what it. That's what it resembled. Yeah, where it was, you know, straight up on the sides. There wasn't really the, ba- the, the band was rowdy. 
Yeah. Good for them. The Mad Dog's not going to be at Utah Valley for long, I don't think. I wouldn't think so. Maybe I mean, they win. could legitimately win the thing. Oh, I mean, it's... They play North, UAB? They North Texas, UAB. UAB, Wisconsin, and them? I mean, that's three Conference USA teams, isn't it? There are two Conference USA teams, uh, West Coast Conference team, and, and the Big Ten. Yeah. Hey, somebody said there's a chance. You're not going to like this. There's a chance uh, Conference USA could yes, win all win. three tournaments. Yes, uh, Chris Manini, I think, said that. Yeah. They won the CBI, yeah. Florida Atlantic, and then they have two teams in the NIT final. <laughs> NIT semis. Semis. Yeah. And one of them's going to the final. No. No, they're opposite each other. Yes. They're opposite each other. Sorry. Long day at the hospital. Um. All right, well, now the season's over, Dave. And I told everybody I'm not going to, same as football, I'm not going to talk about the Big 12. Torch everything. They're not torching (laughs) everything. It's not happening. And I I still contend. And this is is the challenge that they're going to face. Let's say it's only two. I think it's going to be two new spots. Okay. Maybe three at most. But it's not going to be four. I'm telling you it's not going to be four. I know it's not going to be, but I'm telling you what it should be. I thought you like to talk about the realities of the situation. I do. It's but not going to be four. And it, Okay, I know. And it should be, though. It's not going to be. I know. Um, two, maybe three. The difference in basketball is I think this roster can be competitive in the Big 12 if you get the right two guys. I think it could be more competitive if you got four guys. Okay, but <laughs> there's no point in talking about four guys because it's not happening. Yeah, you're well. going against your own nature here. You don't like to talk about things that aren't aren't happening. I know, but it's still. Uh, <laughs> but it's, this time, I want to. That's right. I you can seriously change this roster. With two two hot like Big Twelve starter level additions, mm-hmm. and you have Landers back, and you have Vic back, and you have the two new point guards. Like your starting five is is going to be drastically different than it was this year, and then you go from there. I agree, but I'm inclined to go you know further. It's not happening. I know. I just like you know. I'm. I don't know. I I can't like. I understand. I hundred percent understand John Newman's value to what West wants to be. I can't rely on a guy that has had two years of season-ending injuries at this point. If I'm a coach, like. I can't take that chance that what happens if he has another injury. That's sports, Dave. Oh, I know. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I can't, my, 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 it's my career. Like I can't, I have to be, I have to have something that I can rely on more. I mean, I think that's fair, but I I think you also, the guys put a lot of 
blood, sweat, and tears in this program. He's a proven guy at the ACC level. Like, you're talking one of the only guys on this roster that's proven it in a high major conference. If you can get him back, you get him back. Yeah, but what is he now compared to what he was then? Like, this is like the Cash Wright thing. You know Cash wasn't by his the time. Knee he, was his knee was bad there, and he was still pretty good. Yeah, but I mean, what are you going to – like, what are you getting – like, in the in the ideal setup of this roster, what is he what is he giving you on next year's team? He's a bench wing that should be able to give you by far the best defensive ability on the roster. So I can't find something like that with more But you already scoring, have it. With more scoring punch and not two bad legs. It's only one. Oh, so, so it's the same one twice. That makes yeah. me feel even better about <laughs> about what I'm what I'm saying here. That that doesn't act. One. That doesn't hurt my argument. That's <laughs> only one. It's only one bad leg, Dave. Um, you're telling me Cash Wright wasn't wasn't a very good player in the Big East? He was. He's way better than John Newman. We don't know that. John Newman, when he was healthy last year, was one of the best players on this team. That's like me saying I'm like one of the skinniest kids at fat camp that last year's team did not have with you my last year's team did not have a lot of great players to pick from to beat out yeah but he was good when he was when when he was where he needed to be he was good last year i understand i'm being greedy and saying like if you're going to because like i'm i look at the big 12 and i look at like a west virginia and an oklahoma state that were in the tournament slash on the cusp of making the tournament with a significant losing record in the conference. And I'm going, why can't, get there. why can't that be UC? It can be. So, okay. That's my point. So let's, let's not screw around with maybe a couple spots. Like if you have, but, next, but if, if you have, have if, if you're going to get rid of John Newman with the hopes of just replacing him with John Newman, why don't I'm you keep John to, Newman? I'm trying to replace him with better than John Newman. That's the whole point mm. of freeing up some spots. You don't know that you're going to be able to do that. John Newman is a proven, the, again, one of the only guys on this roster that's proven he can play 20, 25 minutes a game at the high major level because he's done it. I don't disagree. I'm, I'm just, I'm very leery about, you know, it's the same thing like when you, so do you yeah. want to run off Vic because he's injury prone? No, because Vic is six foot eleven. <laughs> There's other six foot eleven guys in the portal. Just go get one of those. Mm, are there get rid of Landers? You can find another one of those out there. Landers is not injury prone. You get my point. Kind of. You're being you're being a little sarcastic with it, but me I... no. <laughs> but no, I. You know, I, I'm not tip. I, you know, I'm not typically like that. Like, but I'm just looking at it as this is the opportunity to not him specifically, but I mean, I'll I'll say the same thing about JD and Micah. Like, they're just not good enough, man. I I don't know how else you want me to say it. Like, Micah's last four games, he's averaged six and a half points and more turnovers than assists. Like yeah, what? Mike is, is the, where is Mike is the the tough one for me? Where's his spot next year? Uh, as essentially, if he has a spot next year, it is to be 
the bridge for Day Day and Jism? I don't need a bridge. I need to play my best guys and let them figure it out in November and December so we can try to win in January and February. Well, the problem is if you do that, you can have another November like you had this year that pretty much eliminates you from the tournament before you get Not if you're in the Big 12, it doesn't eliminate you from the tournament. That's why why does Oklahoma going State the... make the NIT? Because their non-conference was trash. Yeah, they lost like seven games in a row. That's possible I mean, I next year. If you have two point guards that have never played D1 basketball before, seven in a row is certainly in the realm of possibility in that league, right? In the not, No, they lost seven in a row in the non-conference. We're going to lose seven in a row with the crap schedule we're probably going to play next year because we're moving what to if, the Big 12. What, what if they play FAU next year? That's going to be a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> yeah, according to Joe Lenardi. <laughs> Before the Sweet 16, before a, a, a dribble of the Sweet 16 is yes. even and, and you see all their good players transfer to, you know, wherever. No, I mean. Uh, Noel's back in the game. Well, screw him. He's just jaking it. <laughs> no, but, like, I do think it puts him in kind of a tough spot if he's only got two two available options. I mean, it puts him in a tough spot if he's got four or five because you're already bringing in three new guys. Yeah, but this isn't you're, like before when you're four. bringing in like more freshmen. Like, look, okay, I'll bring it up. I had to mention it earlier, Kansas State. Mm-hmm. Ten new players. Uh-huh. Ten. Mm-hmm. The, the number two one a guy that nobody else would touch. Now, it ended up being a mistake that nobody else would touch him. But Keontae Johnson, nobody else would touch. Okay, then what about the other nine? Uh, one of them, I think, had played <laughs> uh, – had, had just started playing basketball like 18 months ago and was in a, a D2 school. Like, I – there's not some it's i don't want to it's a stupid game to play because there's like two teams in the country that have erased their roster started over and everything worked right but i'm not saying do that i'm not even saying do half of that but you are because there's four new spots and three other guys coming in new that is seven new players on a 13 person roster that is doing half literally Again, for the fifth time in five years, flipping half the roster. Right. I get that. So when, you know, hypothetically speaking, when we get to this situation next year and we have nothing coming off the bench because it's the exact same as we saw this year. What are we? I'm just going to be like, I'm not going to be the I told you so guy, but I'm going to be like, that's what. If Mike is your ninth guy. Newman's your then eighth he, guy, and Mike is your ninth guy. Then he's not playing. If you get the two point guards where you need them to be, he's not going to play a whole lot. But what if they come in and they're not ready for six weeks? And you need to put somebody in in the final six minutes to win a game. That's not going to be a deer in headlights or adjusting to the Div- Division One level. <laughs> he does it. What, he can what defend. 
He's a solid defender. He's sometimes a, a plus on offense, sometimes just an absolute zero. Yes. Who are you going to go get to come in knowing that they're adding two guys that they consider the future of the program at point guard? Oh, I wouldn't get anybody else at point guard. Those are my two point guards. I don't need three point guards. Who has three point guards that play? Nobody. Right. So I don't need any more point guards. I need dudes that can get to the basket from the wing. I need no, somebody. No, 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 no. You're going to need guys that can shoot. Well, yes, I'm getting to that. If I got four spots, you asked me what I needed. Another, Jizzle and, and Day-Day are downhill guys. They're right. not shooters. So I, I need somebody for them to kick it to. Uh-huh. I need a, another slasher, kind of like Dan. Okay. I need a big, and I'll take another shooter. Like, if you can shoot, I'm cool with you playing five to ten minutes because you have a very specific role. Like, you're coming into Mike fire. Mike is a we 37% three-point shooter for his career. And how many of those in big in big moments does he bang in? Uh, how many times did they pass in big moments? Dave and Landers just got the ball and said, Well, that's not going to be right. But <laughs> if, if... Realistically, you're also not going to have a 13-man rotation with right. no sub, no point guard substitute if one of your point guards goes down either. And that's the picture that I feel like you just painted. But I don't know. Yeah. You've got to have a combo guard that can help yeah. you out with minutes at the point. Right. And I, I just don't know, like, where are you going to go find this guy that's going to come in here and, and accept the role that you were going to have for Micah? I don't have to find them. That's the staff's job. They, <laughs> you know what I, I'm not talking about you personally, Dave. Like you're, I, I just you've got the guy that, that you're looking for as a bridge on your roster that knows the system. I don't. I think there's, and this is the this is this is not a, a one off thing. I mean, there's just not like if that's what happens if. Newman and Odie and Micah. Micah come back. Like, I'm like, the bench just does not nothing for me. Like, we better have some fucking absolute dogs as starters because the drop off is uh, Grand Canyon esque. And that ain't going to work next year. It didn't work this year at times. Like, who who's the who's the the ninth guy at Baylor? You don't know because uh, he doesn't fucking matter. The guy that hurt his eye, I think. Lang you don't Lang know Langston Love because he doesn't matter. Top seven. That's where you no. win games. Oh, yes. Who's our six and seven that gets you excited for next year? As well, the one of them is going to be the point guard, the 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 second point guard. Okay. And John Newman. Okay. If you so go then, out and you fill two starter West, spots, West plays a ton of guys. So you or Dan Skillings. Fans. He didn't play a ton of guys. Seven or eight guys, almost the entire stretch of the season. Dan, Kalu, Kalu, oh, come on, give me a fucking break. At the end, like three year. minutes a game. No, he he played three to five minutes a game. Kalu, right. 
fuck out of here, Dave. He would have played him if the two of them didn't get hurt. So don't say that. He would have played Newman and he would have played Rob. Yeah. So that would have been like nine or ten guys that he would have been playing. And then that would have pushed out less minutes for Micah, less minutes for uh, JD. Who's the starting point guard in this situation? Dave was the point guard all fucking year. Dave just finished third all time for a season in assists. Micah started every game. Okay. Do you think when when the ball was in somebody's hands and things were happening that Micah had the ball? No, I'm saying you're saying he would have pushed down his minutes based on what? Who would have played more minutes than him? Rob. Okay. That was happening when Rob came back before he blew out his knee. He was playing more minutes than Micah or was trending towards playing more minutes than Micah. So then why are we want why would we want to bring that back? Because you're going to need a veteran break glass in case of emergency guard behind two guys that you're expecting to take over, but have also never played, never bounced a ball in a division one game. All right. If, if you can go find somebody to agree to come in and do what you're going to ask Micah to do. Okay. But I don't think you're gonna, that's what I'm saying with Micah. I, I, I think as an eight or ninth guy, but you I just said the guy is never going to play. So I don't. So I then think, go get go get someone you think might have that's a sophomore and might end up having more potential. Or you can just do that in twenty four. No guarantees. Just like you're telling me, there's no guarantees you can get anybody better this year. No guarantees. I'm talking about somebody in the role that you're going to be asking him to. to you're going to be looking to fill. You are turning the program over to Day-Day and Jizzle in terms of who's going to have the ball in their hands. Yes. You've got a guy that has proven he's going to be okay with a different role or whatever is asked of him in that role. So go and get he's a been shooter. in the system. So this will be a third year in the system. He can, he can defend at a pretty high level. So if one of these two guys comes in and can't guard anybody, you're I at don't... least going to have, in case of emergency, break glass. We can put him in to defend for five minutes here and there. Okay. I don't see it, but I'm not, I don't watch it nearly as close as, as you do. So, I, I mean, if you, if you, if you tell me you could go get uh, a, a, an elite type two guard that can also come out, switch and, and play and help you a little combo guard and, and help these two new guys along, then maybe I see what you're seeing, but if you're really turning the show over to them, there is a valuable place for a guy that's in his third year in your system, in his fifth year in the program, that's played. He's he's started almost every game since he's been here. Like, okay. is he flawed? Is he a guy that I'm at, like I think should play 18 minutes a game next year? No. But when you're talk, when you're starting to get to the back of the roster, because let's. Okay, here's here's this exercise. Landers. Yes. Vic. Yep. Dan. Yep. Jizzle. Day Day. Yep. And then Newman potentially in there. Mm-hmm. 
And then um, let's see, where am I at in my head? Rayvon, Rayvon Josh Rayvon, Reed. Josh Reed, Odie. Sage, Odie. I mean, you're not terrible after the first five. You're inexperienced a little bit because we don't know exactly what Ray's going to be, but Ray's going to play. He's going to be in a similar situation. I, yeah, as Dan. I would say he's like, yeah, similar like Dan. Josh has to take a big step. You know, he really wasn't impactful at all for. No, know. and without John getting hurt, Josh redshirts. Like that was the unfortunate part about Newman getting hurt. There's one more in there that I'm I'm missing. No, you got it all. Okay. Hensley, JD, Micah. Okay. Those are the 11, 12, 13. Yeah. So so there's 10. And I think those are the three in question. I think uh, Odie is, uh, I'm pretty sure Odie comes back. I'm fine with that. Like I, in the big 12 with his athletic ability and he can be aggressive at times. He, he plays with a lot of energy, like, and as a big coming off the bench, you yeah. know, take take the Houston approach. At worst, he's an aggressive dude that'll body bigger, more active guys up and give you whatever number of minutes you need from a, a rotation big going up against big 12 people. Like, I think he's at, at a place a little bit starting and having to be relied on for that many minutes on on this year's team. So, you know, he's an energy guy. He, he'll rim run for you. He'll he'll offensive rebound. Like, I'm fine with him coming off the bench in the Big 12. I have no problems with that. Okay. Sam says, what about Micah? It's not about Micah being the eighth guy. It's about opening up that spot for someone that could be the second guy. That's what we're talking about doing with the potential two spots that we're talking about coming open. You find two guys that fit into that top four or five in your rotation. Hopefully – Two and three, maybe yeah, I mean, one if, and three. If, like, but that's that's my point. Is like if you have two, then yes, you. I totally agree. I'm saying, you know, I look at it almost as like draft picks, like more swings, like find a dude that is a, a jump shooter. Like, you know, if we're gonna be this more downhill team, who are our who are they who are they kicking the ball out to next year? I have that concern. <laughs> like that, that's, that that's my point because like if you let's just play it out two spots let's just say one of them is flory okay one say he reclassifies Wait, i don't give a shit who the other one is but no, but they, they, still, <laughs> they, they still need somebody to make a basket from the outside <laughs> landers nolly there it is there he is landers nolly throw so, it to him so you only have one spot left does that have to go to a shooter i would say yes I would love it to go to like a more of a stretch four. Right. But so then back to my point, if you have two downhill point guards and you get Flory in a stretch four, who are they throw kicking it out to in this, in what you and I think is a better stylistically more effective offense than just having guys standing around the three point line, jump shooting, like getting to the basket. Landon, who is, Landon Snally. Okay. That's, that's one. Dan Skillings is going to be a good shooter. He was a, he's a better shooter than he showed this year, you saw in stretches that he's going to be a good shooter. I don't disagree with that at all. But I, he, in my mind's eye, like I'm, he's not like the, the the prototypical like kick it out, 
he's still going to be best going to the basket. Yeah, but that's what makes him even more dangerous as a shooter because teams have to play him respectfully that he can get to the rim. You're not going to be able to like hard close, come flying at Dan Skillings. No. Because he's just going to go, his first step, he's going to go right by you. That's, Um, and that's just where I look. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying about opening up more spots is because, like you just said, like if they only have two spots, there, there could be a glaring, you know, glaring weakness of three point shooting next year. I mean, I could see Micah having a Justin Jennifer like, hey, man, look, just stand there. You stand right here, and when we pass it to you, hit the three. But Jennifer play, started and played a lot of minutes his senior year. Yeah, but, I mean, you don't necessarily – well, he split time with Kane. I think he was only at about 20 minutes a game. Him and Kane were pretty much de facto one and two. But we're saying, but you're saying to use Micah's break glass in case of emergency, then he's not going to get those opportunities. At the one. At the one. At the two, there can be some opportunities depending on but how you, can, you use. You're going to play him and one of the other guys together? If I need a little bit of shooting and spacing for a stretch here and there, yeah. He can shoot. We've seen him shoot at the Division One level. He can shoot. Yes. God damn it's, he can shoot. He's a three and D, but he's he's six foot two, six foot three instead of you know you want your three and D's to be six six, right? Um, but that's kind of how I would use him. When I said in, in case of emergency break glass, I'm talking about him being the point guard. Yes, that's going to be Jizzle and Data. Right. But there is some value in Micah at eight minutes a game at the two. He's going to give you some balance on the floor defensively. Like, that's the one worry. I I don't worry about Dan on offense. I worry about Dan getting up to speed to the point where you can keep him on the floor for an eight-minute stretch because he can defend. Yeah, he's guarding a different type of dude next year. Right. Like, he's guarding Keontae George from Baylor next year. Yeah, who's going to be a, a lottery pick? Yeah, as a freshman, every night that's who he's guarding. So like I, his, I, his I, body, his body type, his his athletic ability, like he's guarding Grady Dick or the Wilson guy from Kansas. Can't day day shoot. Um, he has shot it well this year at junior college. There is a very large leap. From junior college to the Big Twelve. Yeah, I don't know how so, much, how how efficient defensively the JC level is. I am not. I'm not in a position at this point to just think of Day Day and say I'm going to pencil him in at 37 percent as a three point shooter next year. Maybe he is. And can if he, he shoot, is, can he shoot better awesome. than? Can he shoot better than that McNeil guy that uh, somebody else brought in? That was a D1 transfer. That wasn't a JUCO transfer. I know. Well, I mean, are, are, you, are you sure? <laughs> it was, he was at like eight schools. There was yeah. probably a JUCO mixed in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, Kane should have played more that last, his senior year. 
look, Justin Jennifer hit a lot of shots. He hit a lot of big shots, too. Yeah, a lot of, like, there was a lot of time the ball popped out to Jennifer, and you just, it was, that was the thing that was awesome about him that last year, McNeil's still over. (laughs) When Justin shot it his senior year, you were pretty comfortable. Like, that's, he was wide open. It was in rhythm. He stepped into it. He had that lefty, that smooth lefty release, and you were real confident it was going in. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I, I know where you're coming from. I'm just, these are things you have, like when you're on the inside, these are things you have to think about. We have this already. This is what we know. What we don't know in certain, like there are some guys that it's like, okay, we know. Right. It's time to move on. There are other guys, you like with Mikey, there are things you know he can do to help your team. If you move on from him, you better get it right yes. because what you're losing can hurt you if you don't properly right. replace and him. That's I, what I I'm getting wanna, at. I don't want to just sound like, and I'm also under, completely understanding of like, this isn't like some all-star game roster. Like you're not just, you know, somebody, no matter whether you make a move with him or not, like somebody is going to be that, get those that type of a minute load and so whether it's somebody that's already on the team or whether it's somebody that you bring in so yes it's everybody can't play 25 minutes a game right i mean you know i think kalu is a perfect cautionary tale in that everything about what he did at old dominion looked like a perfect fit 14 points a game, seven rebounds a game. They needed more offense from that team last year that couldn't score outside of Dave down the end of the, you know, towards the end of the season. Um, And then he got here and he just didn't, he didn't really fit. And that was through no fault of his own. Like just a, a, a situation where you think you went out and identified that, you know, he wasn't a guy that was, that was going up a level whose play had been subpar. You know what I mean? Right. He was, he played well in the A-10 for a, a, you know, a considerable amount of time. And then he got here and it just didn't fit. And if you do, like, if you replace Micah and you go get another guy that, that you think is going to fit and it takes him two months to fit while you're also breaking in and, and Dave, I like, here's the thing. I think we'd be having a completely different conversation if even one of Jizzle or Day Day had played Division One. I. I think we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah. Neither have played, neither, you know, I just think they're with Micah, there is a significant value in having that guy for one more year on your roster. You disagree. Yeah. That's fine. Like I, I'm not. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a bit. It's a big unknown. It's just like how you and I constantly try to temper expectations with the transfer portal, and that's getting less and less because so many guys are entering it. But you still, sure. I mean, think about it now. Kalu, we thought was going to be good. It didn't work out the way that we anticipated. Sure. Now we're jumping up from the AAC to the Big Twelve. Yeah. So. Anybody that we're talking about in the portal that's like at a 
lower level than the AAC, what are your realistic expectations of them in the Big 12 next year? Right. And obviously there are guys. There that, are lower level transfers that are playing in the Big 12 right now. They're good. There's like yes, four so, of them so, on Kansas State. So it's, it's not like out of the realm of possibility, but right. what are the percentages of that? They have, you know, you have to, take that, have to take that into account. Speaking of Kansas State, shooting 58% from three. Noel, and if you can go get Marcus Noel and, and Keontae Johnson in the portal, go, go do it. I, I, I am in favor of that. <laughs> I think it would be great. <laughs> yeah, it would. <laughs> um, so we'll see. It's going to be an interesting seven to ten days. And then, you know, the Landers thing, I know everybody just automatically thinks he's going to come back. And I, I gun to my head, I think he comes back. But he is going to very likely test the NBA waters. As he should. This fifth year, he's, he's finishing his fifth year in college. If he goes through that process, you're looking at maybe not getting a decision from him until May. Maybe June. Or at least late May. That puts you in a weird spot, doesn't it? For sure. Because if he comes back, you probably feel pretty good. If he doesn't come back, it's June, yeah, and yeah, your two you... your two alphas are gone. There's not a whole lot of alphas floating around in June. No, not a lot of lead guys to take into a new conference just right. sitting out there, uh, you know, waiting to be added. It's generally not – that's not the way of the portal. What are you doing over there? You're, getting, you're distracted. You're watching the end of this game? Oh, no. I, I don't even have – where my computer is, I don't have any way to watch it. I guess I can oh. put it on my phone, but – that's what I thought you were doing. You were looking at your phone. I thought I am looking at it, but I could. I've been an idiot this whole time and haven't had it on, <laughs> on like my uh, Spectrum app where I could actually be watching it. I'm just like checking scores like a bozo. <laughs> you know, if you have it on, you can just kind of look down and see the score and like yeah, not wait. I'm sure, for your... I'm, I'm sure I'm behind on the on the game though. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching on cable, so. I'm way ahead of whatever you're going to have. Going I got on. a minute, nine seconds left. What score you got? 80-78. Well, now I got 82-78. It's 82-78. They just went to break. All right. Bastards. You want to talk some pro day before we get out of here? We're going to, like, look, we're going to be doing this for a couple weeks, having these conversations. So I, I think that's a good starting point. I think Micah is... Like a bozo. That is the episode title. That's a good one. Um, Micah is, I think, the hot topic on if there's two or if there's three. And I think it's a, a good conversation to have because I get your points. I, I do. I just see some of the other side of it strictly because Jizzle and Day Day 
have never bounced a ball in a division one game. Right. And you're going to ask them to do it in the, in the big 12 without somebody they can lean on. Yeah. I mean, I, I just think that makes it inherently difficult. That's all for sure. For sure. There's value in having him back that goes beyond, uh, you know, is he valuable as your ninth guy or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, pro day today. Unfortunately, I could not go. I was I was with Kelly. Uh, good times. It looked like Tyler and Trey both down in the in the four threes. Uh, Justin, I was listening to Justin, and, and we'll have we'll talk to Justin tonight on the nightcap. He's going to join Aaron and I to uh, discuss today and. Uh, practice yesterday since I was unable to make those. So make sure when the nightcap pops up, we're not going to do it live. I think three live shows in a night is (laughs) I'm good. We're going to record with Justin and uh, get an update on some things. No way. Okay. What other live show do you have? Uh, The Rocket Truth is tonight. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Um, So what Justin was, you're going to say that he was, he He's said that uh, the Bengals asked Trey why he was running today because they had him timed at a 4-3 flat at the combine. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like, why are you running? You're in a 4-3 flat. Like, we don't <laughs> – basically, like, you don't need to show anybody else here what we had yeah, on like, our watch. <laughs> we know you're fast, doesn't – like – Right. Uh, anything from reading all the stuff today that jumped out at you about Pro Day? Not really. I mean, not really. They're, you know, they, they suppose, you know, but like you said, they, they, you know, that's the thing is you have the TV at the combine and then you have the official laser at the combine, but then the teams are also hand timing them themselves. So it's not even like they're going off of, Right. Who knows which one they're using? Are they using their hand time? Are they using what the NFL is providing? Are they taking an average? Like, no idea. So, I mean, it's good to see him run, you know, unofficial 4-3-2. So, you know, could be 4-3-2, could be 4-3-5, could be 4-3-1. I mean, whatever. It doesn't matter. They're fast. Everybody knows they're fast. When you're a receiver, as long as you're not slow – Right. Whether you ran a four four two or a four three seven does not matter to teams. Well, for both of those guys, they're going to be in the slot in the NFL. the 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 quick twitch, the quickness, is more important than the yes. the high end speed. Yeah, I mean they they know they're fast. They've they've seen them do many things that are fast. So right, um, you know, not nothing really jumped out to me. I thought, um, you know, five and ran in the four fives. I thought that was good. Um, you know, Josh looked good in, in some of the drill videos I saw, you know, tight. We've talked about if the anybody, that's, he seemed like he probably would have helped himself more than anybody today. Yeah. We've talked about the tight ends. I mean, there's so many of them. Does that help them? Does it hurt them? Right. You can't really tell until you get actually into the draft. Wait for you to catch up. You call the timeout? No. Didn't did my guy Joey Hauser bang another three? No. Oh, I'm still not caught up yet. All right. We'll wait. We'll oh, wait. Now I'm caught up. Five seconds. Tie game. 
Oh, now I got the VPN's gonna soon exceed the session time limit. Overtime. Oh, they didn't call a timeout. No. Did uh, they not? No, did they no. not have one? They had. Um, two. They had two. They got Noel downhill, and he missed a layup at the buzzer. I wasn't even watching because I just assumed they were gonna call a timeout. No, he got downhill and missed a layup at the buzzer. Oh my God! What are you, Jerome Tang, Pooty Tang? What are you doing? He got all the way to the rim. You had you had the best finisher in the country get all the way to the rim. He short armed it. He didn't go up strong. He got scared because there was a guy back there with a hand up, I mean, and he brought pushing. it all the way down here and tried to. So he pulled a mic. So he pulled a mica. He's just a little better at doing it. Well, he still missed it. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it felt like Josh helped himself today, uh, showing that he could he could go heavy at the combine at 260. I think I said he was 248 today. Did I see that right? Yeah, 249, I think. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he he helped himself, but I mean, it's uh oh, Dave's using all his VPN data. I think we lost him. Oh, this is your switch over time, isn't it? 8.30-ish? Is this when we generally lose you as 8.30 momentarily? Yes. Yes? Can you not? Okay. Yes. Uh, can we get Dave's analysis of which Bearcats fit onto the Bengals roster? We've had that some, and I'm sure we'll get to it more as we get towards the draft. Yeah. X amount hours in a row yeah so uh yes natalie i can give you my analysis of which bearcats fit best onto the bengals and i can do that very quickly if you want sure josh wiley and trey and tyler they obviously have a glaring hole at tight end they have literally devin asiasi and two guys i've never heard of currently under con- <laughs> currently yeah. under con- contract yeah uh and then with tyler boyd in the last what is likely the last year that he will be a bengal i would not be surprised if they you know took a i mean they only have seven picks so and i'm not i don't think wide receiver is super high on that list but I, it wouldn't shock me if they took a slot type guy uh to kind of get not even necessarily get ready, but I mean, the back end of the wide receiver room could use an upgrade. You know, maybe he's also, you know, that's where kind of both those guys would fit in with kick return ability, uh, you know, play special teams, back half of the roster, uh, and then possibly, you know, move into a more prominent role next year. I mean, when you talk about culture too, are there two more guys, two guys that fit the Bengals roster better than oh, for God's sake, and Tyler Scott? Pass. Uh, no, I mean, the, you, it's clear like you have to be a good football player, but they certainly go above and beyond to find um, those type of captains, uh, you know, guys winners. that love doing it. Yeah, guys, and that's why I was like, the combine, I was, I mean, he's going to get drafted way ahead of them. Picking, but like Nolan Smith from Georgia is like the perfect Bengals player. Like, dude just loves ball, like obsessed with it. Teammates love him. 
like so yeah those are you know trey and tyler definitely fit that uh mold and josh as well yeah oh yeah josh fits it more because they don't have any damn tight ends right now (laughs) (laughs) so i mean i could definitely see them drafting two tight ends yeah i here's my thing dave you don't think they love physical blocking tight ends do you not think Lenny is also maybe a late sixth, seventh round? Like it, mm. you just said, they could draft two tight ends. Yeah, I'm thinking more of like first and fourth, or or you know something like that. Like yeah, but set, depending you know, on how the draft plays out. Sure, like, sure, sure. Um, you know, Lenny would be is going to be pretty niche. Yeah, niche. I mean he's. To me, he like the Bengals do like a good blocking tight end, but they also don't run a lot of twelve personnel. Lenny feels like he's going to be on a team that has a heavy tight end room, like runs twelve personnel quite frequently, um, where they'll need four or five tight ends versus like two or three that are that are active. I've appreciated uh, Mr. Noel's just no gives a you-know-what about firing from 30 feet. With a guy staring him down? That's twice in like the last three minutes of the game. How about what you're about to see right now? An and one. No. My guy Tyson Walker just do it to him. Boom! I liked how at the earlier in the game the announcers are talking about how uh, Kansas State has like built this roster and ten new guys in the transfer portal, and then they're like, and you know Michigan State is like just does not, and I'm like except for their best player who's a transfer. (laughs) But that's oh, you mean one transfer? Actually, get it right. I wasn't even thinking about Joey Hauser. I was like thinking of Tyson Walker and now I'm like oh actually they're two best players you're both transfers oh so if you take two and you get it right and they're the top of roster guys yes if, I, if can you can things. give me Joey Hauser and Tyson Walker on the Bearcats next year I'm, I'm good <laughs> all right there's I'm gonna let you go watch the rest all of right this. thank you I know I know you're paying attention to it anyway yes. football wise uh I should next week I should be at, at spring ball Fingers crossed. I, I don't want to spend any more fucking time in ICU. I can tell you that. I want to be watching football and basketball. I, I, I genuinely do. Um, so that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to Dave. Thanks to Aaron. And we will uh, we'll see you next week. Wednesday night. We'll be back to our normal Wednesday night uh, presentations. Now the basketball won't be playing on Wednesday nights. This is the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com.